This is Infection, the Survival Podcast, recorded live on Wednesday, March the 16th, 2022, episode 374. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the Survival Podcast. Infection is your source. For the latest information on survival video games, my name is Nick Craig. Great to have you here this evening on a Wednesday. You can check out my various social media profiles by visiting nickcraig.com or nickcraig.net. And, of course, our website for this program, infectionpodcast.com. As always, not alone, hanging out in the... uh, Brian, you remember the commercials back in the early 2000s for Five Gum? You remember that? It was like it would be like chew uh, five gum. You remember those? Uh, no, they must not. Have okay, well, I didn't watch a lot this, of TV back then. Okay, well, for anybody that has, you kind of look like you're in a, f- a five gum commercial with your uh, with your background. Oh, the so. background. Yeah. So uh, hello. <laughs> Brian, I figure I try a different <laughs> different image here. I am <laughs> doing you. well, and of course, let's go ahead and get some contact info out here. If you want to get me at Brian Aldridge on Gab Parlor, uh, Getter, whatever, whatever all the other ones are. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> And uh, if you want to get my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, but of course, go to our website. If you go to infectionpodcast.com, on the right-hand side, you see where it says join our server on Discord. If you do that, uh, you can come and we have a lot of ARC servers that are running right now that people enjoy. So that's one great thing you can do. Um, also, we've got a politics channel. We've got a news channel. Perhaps there's a topic you think we should be covering that we don't uh, talk about on the show. Just pop a link to that in the uh, chat channel, and we will review that before the live show so that you can give some input to what we actually talk about. Uh, if you want to catch the video forms, you do have that on Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. Uh, and also the audio forms at the lower right. The video forms are live after the fact, but the audio is uploaded when we're done with the show. So if you're wanting to listen, uh, you should be able to by the evening of our show. And then you can follow along with the show notes because those are posted at the same time. And we have links for all the different topics, videos, anything that we refer to, especially if you're an audio listener. Perhaps we talked about something that you wish you could have seen rather than having to uh, scroll through sometimes the whole uh, video to get back to that point and to see that what you could do is jump and click on the link directly for that video so it's a good way to, to get in there and, and see some of the things if you are only hearing them uh, if you want to support us we do have a support option up top or you got infectionpodcast.com forward slash support where you can do prime gaming subs humble bundle subscribe star a lot of different ways uh, that you can help twitch uh, the twitch subs that you'll hear throughout the show uh, go off sometimes just different ways that you can support us and we appreciate appreciate those because we are working towards actually having an in-person uh get together again and maybe do a show live like we've done all the fun things that we get to do when we meet in person yeah hopefully uh pax revokes some of their uh nonsensical restrictions and we can get back to uh, some semblance of yep. normal with that again the website infectionpodcast.com O'Brien, oh, here's something we haven't done in a while. Um, you want to? We've got a whole bunch of random news that we've built up over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You want to? It's a little bit of a slow news week. You want to go ahead and just see if we can bang a bunch of this stuff out? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk really quickly about a study that was done in the UK. Because uh, when I was, well, let's say when I was your age uh, and a little bit before computer science was like the field to get into in college. I mean, short of you wanting to go for something really specific, like a, you know, maybe become an attorney or a doctor. Uh, it seems like everybody was trying to learn how to code or get in sort of some sort of tech field. 
because the pay was good. There was a, it was a growing industry. Oh, uh, there's a study that confirms that it is computer science is the least popular UK science. Now, of course, this is from PC gamers, so they're going to put in a little bit of politics here too, from their perspective. Uh, you know, it's also they talk about how it's a subject that outweighs uh, females six to one with males. Well, that's not uh, so. This, but that's not. That, that's how of, it's always been. Yeah, but that's not. Be, there, there's no. The only reason for that is that it tends to attract more men than women. For example, I mean, I, I don't yes. see PC Gamer writing an article about how the guy who picks up my trash is a guy and not a girl. Um, that doesn't mm -hmm. seem. I, I would. I would be interested to see what the what the breakdown is on that, or the sanitation worker, or whatever it might and be. And what, what the one thing they're trying to do is missing. Is they're trying to make it seem more. Give more of an incentive. They said they're trying to make it seem more attractive. You know, of, well, they've done that. I mean, they, they've been pr promoting STEM at least here in the United States. STEM yeah. for women for the last since I was in since I was in middle school and high school. It, it, it comes down to, yeah. hey, maybe Brian, here's a novel concept. Maybe women just aren't as interested in in sitting in front of a computer and programming like a dude is. Maybe that's yeah. some just will it. do it. Some maybe are happy doing it. But you know what? Well, yeah. On, the one thing that we hate to accept is that there are genetic differences between males and females. No, I know that's hard to hear. No, no, no. <laughs> but, take that back. We're going to get but that off there, there are such a bigoted there statement. Are genetic, <laughs> there are genetic differences between males and females. I know, a shocking statement for Twitch. Uh, but, you know, th that is true. And maybe those genetic differences are things that have adapted over thousands and thousands of years to where we're a little bit different now. I mean, I, I know this is crazy, especially if you're someone who claims science and you believe all this, yet is unwilling to accept that, okay, you're saying evolution caused this all 100%, yet you want to say we're all identical right now? How does that fit? If we form by evolution and we're only here because we've changed over time, yet you want to claim that there's no difference between any of us genetically, then how did we get here from the monkey you claim we came, we came from, right? Well, uh, without having differences, because am I the same as a monkey? No. There are genetic differences. I look different. I feel different. And even if I claim that I feel like a monkey, I look like a monkey, I am not a monkey. Uh, you, can, you can say whatever you want, but, you know, women, you're not going to change if it's genetic, if it's if it's anything dealing with that. You're not going to change it just by saying it. Uh, it could be something that's more than that. It could be something that is just a mentality thing. You know, I think it is more than that. I think that, you know, women even the generations and generations of raising children and the, the focus that goes in I just think their mentality is different and it could be a, a level greater than just teaching them to be different. Yeah. Well, and also to go back to it outside of, outside of the gender disparity in which this article tends to highlight. Um, yeah. The reason it might also be a, li a little less popular right now, Brian is because of um, outsourcing. And yeah. there is no question about it that the, you know, currently, and I think computer science has really broadened its scope over the last, well, probably last decade or so. I I'll, I have a computer science degree. It's a it's an associate's, yeah. but it's still a computer science degree. Um, and I th feel like that probably has broadened out over the past couple of years, where it's not quite as, um. I don't, I don't know exactly how I would describe it. I just don't feel like it is quite the degree that it was 20 years ago. It's a very different era There's of technology. There's a lot technology. of areas to it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of becoming, 
used to be computer science. Like when you went to go study computer science, you were getting down to an incredible level of detail. Machine language. Math. Yes. Okay. I, actually, I can give you the perfect example. I did computer science twice in my life. I did my computer science back in the year to 1998, 99. Yeah. I think I started in the year after I, 99. I was, yeah, one years old. You know, that's what I was doing. You're, you're one years old. We were here for one years old. <laughs> But I started computer <laughs> science back then at Boise State, uh, and I did I did three years. I didn't want to be I didn't want to do programming back then, but I did three years there. I did Calc two. I did all the stupid stuff because I didn't want to do English <laughs> or some other well, something that were you know. So I, it was stupid. But I didn't have to do any math in my new college, which was great. Um, you know, but back then you would learn Calc two. You would learn that was getting into it. That wasn't even in your final years. Uh, it seems like nowadays they've come up with more tiers of it because then you were electrical engineering, computer science, which meant programming, or, you know, then you went into something else. Nowadays, you've got so many tiers of it where you have a lower tier that you have a degree you can get where you're not going to be making that much money. And then you have these upper tiers that you go in. And so I think now it's just computer science doesn't mean what it used to mean, where it I was agree. a high paying job. It was a lot of work. Nowadays, people go and I graduated computer science. Okay. So you got a two year degree, right? Doing something that's very different than. 10, well, 15 years ago, going and getting your four-year degree, which then pop, you would also maybe get a six. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can go and get an associate's degree and then go work at an MSP, a managed service provider, and you're not going to be probably lighting the world on fire in terms of salary, because that is a typically yep. a very, um, just broad generalizations. I worked at an MSP. It's a, it was an, for yep. me, it was a very entry-level job. It, it, it allowed me to get my hand or my feet wet in a lot of different areas. But it is definitely different things, see different areas. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing all the different technology I had to play with. But it was not a uh, not it wasn't that. So interesting study there. You can check. Well, out here one, I want to read one oh, more little. I sorry. want to read one more little section, kind of that they pointed out, and then we'll yeah. go on. Um, so the why does it matter how many females study choose to study IT? I just wanted to point this out. Uh, they say the work's still getting done, right? The problem arises because teams that develops say the use of AI in medicine or algorithm that affect our financial lives or employment chances need to be diverse to ensure outcomes and fair and relevant to everyone in society. Okay, now here's where it's going. A fair point though, the binary nature of these particular results does me does have me wondering how representative the numbers might be of a wider spectrum of genders. Either the study only gave participants the option of male or female, or there's this distinct lack of trans, non-binary and other genders permeating the space. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're really getting at with this article. Yeah. All right. Well, I have I have no other comments. I think the article pretty well explains itself. Yeah. It has absolutely nothing <laughs> so to do go. with uh, computer science. Um, it has to do with getting representation. Exactly. Um, Steam Deck. Here's an interesting one, Brian. Um, apparently, the box that the Steam Deck ships in is a little too cool looking, and that has caused mm -hmm. a plethora of thefts. As yeah. these devices sit on people's front porches, package theft is yep. already incredibly popular. Um, and now, be I guess because of the box that the um, Steam Deck is in, has a uh, a logo on it that's got it says fragile, you know, fragile, fragile electronics, and mm. it is apparently a little bit more. Um, uh, eye-catching for somebody that might be trying to uh, steal something off of your porch. A giant lithium battery, yeah. fragile, and a logo stamped on the front, which 
essentially gives away that it is an expensive piece of technology. Um, so yep. nondescript packaging uh, could potentially be an issue for Valve, but there's obviously nothing that they can really do, and they're not going to change their box. I mean, that's you know, porch squatting is not. Well, a lot of these are already in warehouses ready to ship out. Yeah. So, you know, if them pulling all those and redoing it is not worth, you know, they'd have to decide, is it worth more just replacing the ones that get stolen? Yeah, that's probably uh, it, cheaper we, than them going absolutely. and redoing the packaging of every single box. Yeah, um, but, and that's probably all, what they'll do. Precisely. Um, another kind of random humble bundle digital storefront. Brian is losing all of their EA published titles um, yeah. as code purchases from the service will be expiring soon, and it appears that uh, EA is going to uh, be gone. Battlefield, Titanfall. Anything published by EA is uh, going to drop off of the platform. Um, so if you have unredeemed ones, right? Is that what they're saying? You need to redeem them now before they expire? Yeah, so you've got until March 18th. So you've got two days to go ahead and redeem your EA Origin keys. Um, but these are in the Origin Launcher, right? Isn't this going away? Yeah, but the Origin Launcher will eventually get sucked into... Um, yeah. So you still else. may want to claim the game. So you still want to claim then it'll the game. get pulled into and you'll maybe have yeah. two versions of you know a game on two different services. Yeah, I would highly recommend that you just purchase it to get it on your account and then figure out what the process looks like to pull that stuff over to Steam or wherever it's going to be. Um, yeah. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, quick note, make sure you log into your Humble Bundle account if you've got origin games that are not claimed. Uh, Brian, you probably have got about 200. Um, you I know. Have, I was thinking about that. I have to go in there and actually redeem those things now. Yeah. So you've got uh, you've got two days to get that done. So set an alarm. Uh, okay. March eighteenth at five p.m. Pacific is the uh, cutoff for that. Um, what else do we have in some uh, little bit of random here? Well, okay. Let's talk about just, just a quick little announcement. Elite Dangerous, a game that we've all played. It, it is a fun game. It's just it is a time consumer. <laughs> If you have a lot of free time, you're like, I wish I had a game that ate up all my free time. Bam, there you go. Play Elite Dangerous. But they are canceling all console development. Huh. I, I'm kind of wondering, we've been talking about this for months now, about the console not being a needed thing anymore. They can make a Windows version of the game and release it under the Xbox Store and stream it, and it will be you know, how a lot of the people are now consuming their games in the, in the Game Pass. I'm so I think I'm be a big difference. I'm sure that plays into some of it. I from yeah. early on when we talked about this, Elite Dangerous is not a console game. The idea that you would have too many controls. Uh, Brian, too many controls is an understatement. I mean, when I was playing this game, I had to have a freaking piece of paper thumbtacked to my with wall all the different, in front yeah. of me with all the stupid damn commands. Yeah. So you're not talking about just a, you know, oh, a couple of hotkeys. I mean, literally the entire game only works with all of these yeah. random ass. I had a tablet using the mad, not mad cats or you know, razor cat software to do different things that hooked. Up. I mean, no, this is not a console game. <laughs> I'm sure what they, you said plays into it, but I also yeah. believe that this was not a game that would well, have the been thing is they've been promising. This. They keep well, saying they've been promising, And I bet that as they tried to make it playable and realizing you know, there may not be a huge desire because when you get in there and really start playing it, they'd have to simplify everything so much. It wouldn't be the same game. The people that are really into the kind of emulation uh, part of it that have the the special controllers and the 
whole setup, their chairs set up the same certain way. Yeah, the yokes, those people the would be pissed if you start. Oh yeah, if you start simplifying that to where that's not really even needed anymore, like those people are going to be pissed because they want it to feel like, all right, I'm taking off the ship. You know, okay, I've got to raise it up. I'm putting, you know, doing all the dials, doing all this. Stuff. People are really into that. <laughs> They're putting themselves in there. Well, in this yeah. one, so they've been they promised it since the frontier. Um, and then, then they said, okay, well, we're going to put that on delay because we've got to finish Frontier. Um, and then, you know, it was supposed to be an odyssey and it's just each, each time they've pushed it off saying, but I think they, you know, they're, they're focusing for their release to, I guess, final. I assume that's what this is kind of pushing at. How far could they possibly be good. away from that? Um, I, May, 2021 is when Odyssey's release is coming out. Well, Brian, so May I'm assuming that a lot of this, year. yeah. So, so Odyssey released it was sorry, it's May 21, and they okay. said that they were going to be working on that experience. Sorry, I would say Odyssey's release was May 2021. Gotcha. Okay. So they said after they got it stable uh, that they would do that, but then it said it's over the last several months we've been wrestling with the best way to move forward on it, and mm. they said you know it came to a heavy heart that they decided to cancel all of that. Uh, Which... we, we need to be able to move forward with the story of the game. And in order for us to do that, we need to focus on a single code base. Yeah, and and that that is an important thing to note, a single code base, because they would essentially have to make a vanilla, stripped-down version of the game for console. Not even from a control standpoint, from a technical and visual standpoint, there was not a chance in hell that this game is running on uh, at least... It might run on the most top-of-the-end next-gen hardware, but it's not running on the Xbox One. Um, and a lot of games are coming out or running on both. And, uh, you know, I guess while I'm sure some people might be disappointed, I would much rather, and I am not a player of the game, so take that for what it's worth, but I would much rather not have it than to have a really crappy kind of rip-off experience yeah. on the yeah. console. Well, in part, do they have any other games? or in, Well, any other that are on console? Because... Trying to think of their games. They have Elite Dangerous, Planet Coaster, which I don't remember being on console. Um, the Jurassic World series. I, I don't remember really them being on console. I'm wondering if their engine, because this is an internal built engine. They may have been trying to get it to where it's like adapted and working perfectly on a console. Maybe they just decided it's too much work right now to be doing that, coming up with their, getting their engine to work you know, with the newest PlayStation 5 and Xbox and all of this, that's where I would think a big problem would come in too, is they're trying to develop the engine to be able to support the console along with then developing their game in it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're canceling all future console content updates because they did release some version on the console. Uh, yeah, I think it was like test versions, but I don't think they had everything there. Um, it wasn't the, performing. The, yeah, the last version they released... It was Elite Dangerous Horizons in 2015 was the last console yeah. version. So it's so, and they put out so much content since then. Yeah, because I mean, remember when we went? What year did we go uh, and interview them? 2016. Uh, I think. 2016. So remember, right after that was when they started doing all like the alien stuff that was coming out, and That's they, when they first all started building all the story. stuff where you're on the. Yeah, so it's like they they thought they thought about doing it on console, started adding a story, and then you know now they realize they cannot do both at the same time and release something yeah. that people are going to want to play. Very true. So, it's fine with me. I 
if if you do something well, do it well. Quit trying to be what everyone else is. If if your game is primarily a simulation game that works best on PC, make it for that and do that the best. Quit trying to simplify your controls because guess what? If you lose your core audience, now how successful they are, you'd have to really say they're almost so emulation that I think it hinders them. People, it's hard for them to get into it. They they'd be giving up some for the other. I I think if they did simplify it a little bit, it would still be fun. Maybe put two different modes eventually. You know, a, a simple control mode and then elite dangerous mode. You well, know, I think that's what they're. I think that's what they're trying to not have happen is have to manage two two code bases yeah. and essentially that'd be two the only way games. to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, agreed completely. Well, interesting. All right. Yeah. So that's elite dangerous. I I wish I had more time and I would I would try playing it, but I just don't have time. Me too. Uh, so also there were there was an incident where um, there was a cybersecurity incident at Ubisoft. Now that was last week. They're saying that they show no signs, no evidence of a data breach. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I, we haven't heard that before. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know if they're trying to make us feel better, but it says last week Ubisoft experienced a cybersecurity incident that caused temporary disruption to some of our game systems and services. Our RI teams are working with leading external experts to investigate the issue. As a precautionary measure, we initiated a company-wide password reset. Also, we can confirm that all our games and services are functioning normally. So something happened. They don't know exactly from what it looks like. Uh, you know, the incident sounds sounds small, but I'm usually more concerned because we've had how many? The CD Projekt Red. We had a couple others uh, last in the last weeks and months that have had some pretty big hacks. Where things are being released and everything is happening. Yeah, and so, Nvidia just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Nvidia was. So I'm more concerned of sure they saw a downtime. What was happening there that they have it? And if it's if there's very little uh, indications of what happened, that usually indicates there was a uh, pretty well uh, experienced hacker. Let's say or someone who knows what they're doing or a group. Uh, you've got governments right now because of you know the wars going on that are that are trying to do these sort of things i wonder if we'll see here in a month or two uh, a leak for ubisoft you know that that dumps a bunch of information on on these things this is it's getting harder and harder to be in these type of industries just because there's so much that can just destroy you instantly in these companies i mean just look at all the cyber security stuff they have to do to keep from people constantly stealing everything they have well, and, and kind of on an unrelated note, it was a local story here last week, Brian. A, a local government was hit with a with a, a, a phishing, a, a, an email phishing campaign that was spoofing mm-hmm. contractors that work at for this for this local government and sending yep. uh, in, sending emails and saying, hey, we've got a new routing number. And the, 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 the county paid out four million dollars to to this group. And you're, you know, that yep. is that is one thing. But then you're also talking about data things getting stolen. At the end of the day, this all comes down to users. This is all. This yep. most of these problems are between the chair and the keyboard with users clicking on things. Somebody they does something that somebody not. does something they shouldn't do. The idea that somebody is quote unquote hacking, like you're sitting there with your password generator and your matrix screensaver, no. You're sending out a direct yep. phishing campaign. You're targeting departments like the financial departments or whatever, where you've got your less tech savvy people. Yes, a PEBCAC error, of course. And mm-hmm. you're 
targeting people that might not be as technically savvy to get a backdoor into the system. There is no quote unquote hacking going on here, Brian. Nobody's sitting in the parking lot with a uh, with a uh, you know a ubiquity radios trying to sniff pat. No, none of that is happening. This is yep. users clicking on shit they shouldn't be and either exposing their domain passwords or some sort of access that's giving them backdoors into file systems, domain servers, whatever, uh, 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 logon servers, whatever it might be. That's where the issue is. And this is where, like a company that I do work for right now, they'll send out regular emails that they sit there and try to tailor to look convincing. Yeah, we do that too. And they send out, yeah, they send out those ones, and then they see if they can get you to click it. And then they have a little button for emails that you can click and report. You know, say, oh, congratulations, you know, you caught one that we tried to slip through, which is very smart because they're conditioning people to play the game, right? They're gamifying uh, cybersecurity, which is, I think, what you have to do. You have to get it where people automatically, out of instinct, make the right decision because there's they'll keep adjusting and making tricks to where it almost seems convincing, especially, as you said, when they start tailoring it to, all right, the CEO of the company, there's a recent announcement. If they can get information that seems like it's inside information that they can then uh, send an email out with. People say, "Oh, nobody knows about that." Yeah, okay, it's got to be legitimate. Well, and in the case right, of the getting one people that, on those, in the case of the one that happened here in this local town, Brian, the Packers went as far as to purchase a domain that was one letter off from the actual from company's yeah. domain name. So if you look at the email, just briefly scan it. It's not Unless from closely. Yeah. yeah, it's not some it's not a Yahoo or a Hotmail address. It looks like a real domain. I mean, this is very sophisticated, very highly targeted things that are going on. It's very interesting to see. And I and this is it's only going to continue right? as Correct. we go more online and everything's remote. That's where I really think a lot of this streaming technology of you no longer have documents on your desktop that you you have access to. I think we're going back to terminal. When I started in the industry, we were getting out of terminals. They were getting away from terminals at that point in time. And I was putting in servers and systems to make it to where people had desktops and doing all this. It seems like we kind of realized, ooh, that's dangerous. <laughs> you know, People yeah. having all, all the files on their desktops and having them in shares they have direct access to, you know, it's hard. Uh, and I think that eventually they're going to get to where you are kind of like you know, the Internet. You're not directly accessing that server. You're, you have a little portal that's showing you content, right? And then they try to hack past that. I think it's going to get to a terminal type of system, which we're seeing hints. All the streaming technology, streaming technology. I, I think it's setting it up to where you won't have things in front of you anymore. It'll all be from the cloud. It's just like you don't have movies in your house anymore, really. Yeah. Um, Brian, we're about halfway through the show. You want to get into some other news going on? Yeah. Well, let's let's just jump into, well, let's segue here really quick because uh, there's some hardware changes, but there's been a lot of announcements for some hardware coming out, especially in the gaming. Sure. Micron's a company that we have a big uh, Micron facility here in Boise. I don't know where exactly they were founded. I think they're founded over in Asia, but they've had Micron here for a long, long time. Uh, and they have been talking, warning about these chip shortages and they're saying headquartered in boise idaho are they okay so they're headquartered yeah. here so i i think like we have the like one of the main headquarters of hp was here micron like we've got a it's a big tech micron a lot going was on here. founded in boise idaho in 1978 look at that there we go yeah i was wondering because we have a big facility here for it and, and I, wanna, I know people that work there i just want to remind everybody that micron is crucial 
like that they're the same crucial company. yeah so yeah so crucial ssds crucial ram is is micron so that's not they're not just a chip manufacturer they also have a retail side a lot, a lot of people don't know them by micron but yeah. micron is is a big chip manufacturer yeah uh and time. so they're warning about these shortages uh, you know and, and these Shocker. price hikes they're saying are still going to come later in 2022 so we're going to have even more price hikes with these chips of course these companies are still talking about putting out more and more chips for us to buy uh intel for example is building a new 17 billion dollar uh chip making facility in germany which you know, as long as we can get the materials to make these things that's what's we've been running into um micron as well i don't have the article in front of me but there's another one that i came across they're they're building a giant facility i think in I think it's over in Asia somewhere or somewhere else, but they're, they're building another one for Micron that's going to be releasing all these giant chips. Uh, AMD just announced that they're, you know, releasing this new fastest chip. So there's still all these chips coming out. You know, of course we can't get video cards still, but, uh, but let's talk about one thing I saw from Intel was them talking about their streaming service. And I haven't Intel. Have you heard at project Endgame? Have you heard about that much? No, I don't believe I have. Because I, I haven't really heard of it. I, I assume they'd probably be working on something more in the technology space of it. But their huge compute cloud uh, is going to become more accessible uh, to people because it's a PC streaming service. They said that's beyond just gaming. So Intel held their online investor briefing and they talked about the future of CPUs and GPUs, which we've talked a little bit about here. I mean, GPUs are almost impossible to get the latest things. And they mentioned this project Endgame, and they speculated that it was a lot like GeForce Now. Um, but now, since they've released this Arc GPU, they they put some more information about it. So, uh, hold, hold on a second, yeah, go ahead. Though, because I've got a question here. I didn't realize Intel had a compute cloud. I didn't either. That's why I was I mean, surprised. I, always, I didn't realize yeah. that they were doing this. I always assume Intel's always been a, from what I understand, a hardware company, and... I did not realize yeah. that they had a compute cloud, the likes of Google or Microsoft. Well, they know they can't compete in the uh, in the video card space, right? They've lost that. Well, no, well hold on a second, though. I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I was I've been watching reading some stuff about some of the newest Intel processors and their new uh, built in APUs are pretty impressive. Now, yes, for right now, AMD with their um, with their system like that that's powering the Steam Deck agreed. But they seem to be making and some Nvidia, you know, that. if you can get one. Yeah. So, well, and the, but the thing is here, if they're going into, if they can get something that's a medium level chip, right? The things that they kind of built in, they can optimize those to work with streaming services to where it will be hardware accelerated to some point. You will have some sort of acceleration if they can make the streaming service kind of pair with the, the hardware. And so I, it makes sense, right? Because they can go around and, and they don't want, they're not going to make, amd level uh cp gpus and and nvidia level gpus anytime soon i don't think but you know what they can do is come up with a chipset that interacts with their service in an optimized way and allows them to quickly transmit video and, and do everything here i have to read this directly from their press release okay. it says what is project uh, endgame i heard about it says intel is determined to lower the barrier that can sometimes make pc gaming difficult today so they're attacking their like video card. Yeah, well, it seems that they're so they're going after the PC gaming market, but 
why? Intel's got no place in this industry at all. NVIDIA's already got GeForce now. Steam is rolling out God knows what. Microsoft is doing this. Why? What in the... And by the way, there's already a thousand companies that offer desktops for streaming. So unless Intel can come in... the only thing they can do well, is come say, in. I was going to say Google is also offering the white label service, right? You're right. They, Google, they is, label as white yeah, label. Google is doing that. The only thing that Intel could do is come in at such a low cost for uh, 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 computer rentals where you rent hours or whatever on a server in a data center. The only thing they could do is come in at such a low cost that they just cut the knees out from everybody else. But at that yeah. point, what's, what's your profit margin going to be? And I still contend that the market for people that are going to rent a server to game remotely is incredibly low. There is a market. I don't think that there's any sort of broad appeal in it at all. Yeah. From my vantage point, this is a very odd announcement from Intel. Yeah. I just, I was kind of surprised and you know, if maybe it don't have to be, what games do we see coming out of this? Cause that's where I think a lot of these places don't understand is but I don't even think this is games on these services. People don't want to commit to that. But see, and I don't even think this is going to be as adept as to what you're thinking, Brian. I don't think we're talking about a streaming service like GeForce now. I think we're literally talking about renting a desktop in a data center and be playing your game from that. That's kind of what it sounds like. And that's what a lot of other companies do. I don't think they're built. I would be dumbfounded no. if they are releasing a full fledged streaming system. It seems to me that they're just going to be um, essentially doing an RDP to a, you know some sort of client that is tailored for low latency. Maybe they'll go that far, like Parsec or something like that. But I, I don't, I I don't foresee that. Um, they do say yeah. that they are planning to take public steps in Q2 of this year. So that could be interesting to see. One thing also, I saw I saw a little screenshot from their announcement, and it said, Path to persist, Persistent Immersive Web. So whatever that feel, means, they showed... Um, I feel like we're back in 2006 and 2007, Brian, where we went through kind of like the... Like keywords? The, well, just keywords, but like the first internet boom in the 90s was fizzling out, yeah. and then everything was like web TV, right? You had Twit and YouTube yes. and all of this... A screw cable. Here's all this web content. I feel like we're going through a very every ten years we're going through a very similar thing right now with that. But yeah, you what you just said. Hey, read it, it gets again. worse. It's, it's see, buzzword. Ten, everything in ten years repeats, and it gets maddening because I see the same things. Now I've seen the same things four times. You know, it feels old, like old, old oh, man Aldridge. People are like shocked when it happens. Like, oh my goodness, how did that happen? Okay, well, it happened ten years ago. Happened twenty years ago, and it happened thirty years ago that I remember as well. So yeah, it's probably going to happen again. And again, and again, you know, it's just, it's just how reality works. Yeah. Old, old man, old man Aldridge yelling at his cloud in his front yard. Get off my lawn. <laughs> read the, yeah, and read what they've other, said again. Read the headline from them or what, what words they used. Oh, well, let me, let me get, I got to get that one back up. So the path to persistent immersive web. Now, what do they mean Ugh. by persistent immersive? I understand immersive web. You want something that's interactive, persistent, continuous, Al- always on. Yeah, so, I mean, I so they're wanting something where you can pretty much just to jump into it and you've got a box ready to spin up a game at any moment, right? That's uh, what I see by persistent. 
You don't have yeah, to then, queue it up. It's ready but, to but run. This, this doesn't even sound gaming-wise. It says persistent web. It makes me think of some sort of virtual reality thing. Persistent web. That's what's kind of confusing Metaverse. about it is yeah. some of the terminology. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's probably more where they're going for is they're trying to figure out how to. Because how do you really get into this metaverse? If you're only bringing in people that have 30, you know, 60 GPUs and, you know, 1080s or whatever, that only have like the certain level of GPUs and up to be able to be a part of this, you're going to cutting out a majority. Uh, these companies like Facebook and everything are going after your grandma, your cousin, your uncle. Uh, they're going after everybody. It doesn't matter what kind of computer they have. I bet you what they're really trying to do is have that device that'll be the next thing up from that whatever device they're using to currently access, access Facebook and all these other things that will then be able to, at the minimal level, be a part of that. Whatever it is, you know, if you need a computer to go into some virtual world, most computers will not do it right you know, in, a, in the way that you're thinking. Because then they'll add in all these things and things are going to be flying everywhere. To have it be a truly in something like a metaverse where you're feeling like you're a part of it, there's got to be a lot of stuff. These video cards are not going to be able to handle that. You're going to have to stream most of that if you're wanting them to play on their phones, play on a uh, Chromebook, things like that. I think that could be a good idea of where this is going so that they can give you a PC experience from a phone, from a tablet, from whatever you're going to play it on, hmm. you know, from, from your, your car, you know, if you're going to be playing, playing in, in one of those, you know, whatever it is. So I think that's kind of, that sounds like, but still, they gave so little information and it seems like they're still kind of vague on the exact direction. I think a lot of people are assuming that it's going to be for some form of a gaming streaming service. Uh, Brian, your guess is as good as mine. I have absolutely no idea why the hell Intel would want to jump into this sphere at all, but I mean, more power to them. Yeah. So, uh, so they definitely, so there's a lot of action happening. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, there's been a new vulnerability for Intel, AMD, and ARM CPUs, a new Spectre variant. That's vulnerability that's been put out. Uh, these are ones that are more at a hardware level. So we've been trying to, you know, how do you fix some of these where there are issues with chips, vulnerabilities with chips that are at a hardware level? Like, how do you mm -hmm. patch that? Well, what we found is when they're patching that, usually they're losing performance, especially from Intel. Intel was taking, you know how everybody was talking about how fast Intel chips were? Well, you want to know why Intel was so fast? It's because they cut every corner in the book to make it that fast. And then it all came back to them and bit them when all of a sudden all these shortcuts they were taking caused all these security vulnerabilities on servers. And then they started having to patch them and fix them. And then all the performance cut in half. That was a problem <laughs> for, for them. So there's all of these issues. This is where I think we have to still take a step back. They, they, they got so hell bent on let's get chips faster, 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 faster. And AMD and Intel were competing. AMD was you know following the rules more and then started getting behind. Well, this should have been caught a lot longer, uh, you know, much longer, much longer ago, because this is a huge problem. Look at all the problems that Amazon had. They had all these, uh, I don't remember if it was the Spectre one or if there was a couple that came out about the same time. Amazon on their e compute clouds, they found out that people were able to affect other people's compute clouds because of CPU vulnerabilities. They could actually grab the memory from other servers that weren't even in their virtual instance, right? That's a problem. When you take shortcuts, look at the type of, of issues you can have. There needs, you know, and then there needs to be oversight, but obviously there's not enough oversight because look at what Intel was able to get past. And it was finally a research company that kind of broke down their chip and figured out what they were doing. 
And it was too late at that point. They sold millions of them and they're in servers around the world. And how are you going to get all those back? You're not because you don't know every source that they purchased those through. Uh, so they patched them and they cut the performance and everything started going slow. It's like, these are the issues of when, you know, th this is where I think having them even going to the streaming and cutting back on it, it's going to solve them from having to push this so much. Because if you don't have access to run the code and do all the things in the local environment, this is less of an issue. Where imagine if people figured this out and they started affecting other people's instances on Xbox, you know, game sessions. You know, it's kind of the same thing. You can affect people and you're not supposed to because they took shortcuts and did put up all the walls because they wanted it to be the fastest chip available on the market. So I don't really have any, it's called, I don't have any uh, sympathy for them. I think they, they deserved what they got. It's called a trade-off, unfortunately. And sometimes yep. a trade-off is... And the trade-off bit them. But you know what? They, they made money. They sold well, all those chips. Yeah, and was that's the thing it? is... Yeah, the answer is yes, because sometimes a trade-off works and other times it doesn't. And in this case, while it wasn't great for Intel, um, they still seem to be doing completely fine. So I don't think they're, they're fine. And that's kind of the downside. There's no real yeah. repercussions for this. Yet we had to deal with so many... Uh, and we're not getting the chip we paid for. We're getting one that's like you know a quarter of the performance. Yeah, precisely. Um. Can we talk about uh, Sony for a minute here, Brian? Oh, yeah. So, yes, obviously, I, I thought this was interesting. Sony very much trying to play catch up in an extreme yeah. way. It's not their fault. It's just that Microsoft is, I guess, has a crystal ball and can figure out exactly well, what's going on. It is partially their fault because look at how Sony has operated for the last 20 years, let's say. Right. They they have never really tried to for since certain consoles they weren't really trying to be the fastest they were trying to win with exclusives and i just well, think it was the wrong time well and that is why the playstation 4 absolutely obliterated the playstation or excuse me that's why the playstation 4 absolutely obliterated the xbox one because not only did it not look like a stupid hunk of plastic like the xbox one did it had um, good performance it had phenomenal titles uh, when on launch compared to the and, Xbox, and, and, and had, the titles were good. Yep. Yeah, and plus you had issues with Connect and everything else with with Xbox on day. Well, one. and the ringed red ring of death from uh, the three, Yeah, Xbox but the three six the three sixty still absolutely obliterated the PlayStation three. Um, but I think, PS4. but I think that the flack from that led up to where after that, PlayStation was kind of considered equal with the three sixty. I mean, people were usually on one side or the other, but I think there was a period of time where everybody considered the PlayStation better. For a while, yeah, during the PlayStation maybe not the game, era. but yeah, yeah, but the, the the PlayStation was better, and that's when I really got into it. So I was like, yeah, I like PlayStation. But then, you know, Microsoft adjusted and and changed, and you know, their consoles are pretty, they're pretty much little computers. They don't do the red ring of death anymore, uh, and I think they found a better winning path. I think COVID really brought it to pass. You know, having no available access to hardware. So as Sony tries to catch up, reportedly classic gaming will be a, quote, major part of PlayStation's Game Pass rival. This is where we've talked about. This is where Microsoft yeah. is really kind of setting themselves up for uh, an unlimited amount of success with Game Pass, with streaming, with licensing. Sony has yeah. had an equivalent service or even still has, but it is very much not up to snuff or up to par with what Microsoft is doing, but apparently they've like got PlayStation a PlayStation now. Isn't that what they call this? One? Yeah. I, Before. but this is complete. This is a whole new system. That's going to be called. It's code name is project Spartacus. And it is apparently quote 
pretty close to actually launching, Brian, end quote. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see exactly how that uh, works out in terms of a yeah, time Yeah, do you think frame. this will be just old, like PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation maybe two games? I mean, are we looking at, like, that's what they mean by classic? Um, you can just play a lot of PlayStation 4 ones, but I'm talking about, like, the ones that don't run on the current. No, I th- is, if there's anything that doesn't run on the current PlayStation, is that what they're going to put on here? Well, I, I think it'll be a mix of I think it'll be a mix of everything because one of the problems with the old PlayStation Nervous service PlayStation Now was that it only had it only had those classic PS2 games, which are fun. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to go out and spend three ninety nine on a console and pay a monthly subscription to play Crash Bandicoot. It's just not. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so this service is going to have three options reportedly, essential, extra, and premium. And the pricing is expected to be $10 a month for the essential, $13 a month for extra, and $16 a month for premium. Um, Game Pass currently has a couple of different tiers. Um, the ultimate tier of Game Pass is 11 bucks a month. Um, the PC tier is $8 a month. And the console tier that is not ultimate is $7.99 a month. That does not include the um, EA Play service, which I believe is a separate thing on top of that. So the pricing of this is interesting. $16 a month is a shit ton of money for a subscription service. It better Um, better have something. What's it going to have, Brian? What's it going to have? The new Fallout or the new Skyrim? Yeah. Oh, the new act, the new call. Oh, wait, no, I don't have any of those because Microsoft owns all the studios. So I don't, I know. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what they're going to have, but I can tell you what, $16 a month is a, now what they could do is maybe they partner up with uh, EA's gone, maybe uh, Orge, or Uplay, Ubisoft, and they put Uplay as part of it. And I don't know if anybody else has got a, um, a service where they can offer, they offer that, but. It's going to be interesting to see not only can they compete on pricing because Game Pass is so cheaply um, yeah, available. For what you're getting. Yeah. I don't know. Even for thir- for $13 a month, I mean, you're talking about nearly double the cost of Game Pass, for, on, depending on the yeah. tier that you have. They have to co- I don't know what they could possibly provide that would make that service tw- almost twice the amount as Game Pass. It just seems impossible one thing, to me. One thing I'm kind of wondering if this is going to happen do you think that we may get to the point where PlayStation games are offered on the Xbox Game Pass? No. Let's say Not it gets to a level where they no longer are producing hardware. There's pretty much just a publisher. Why would they not offer all of their suite of games? Kind of okay. like the Game Pass does. In, in in a... Yeah, I mean, could that potentially I'm talking like five, in the five years down the road. No, you'd be talking... Like no, five you'd years be talk- plus. No, you'd be more. You'd be at least a decade at the at, at the minimum. Well, I mean, it's for if they come to fruition, but I'm saying, you know, if if they're if they can't provide anything in the next five years, people are going to view pretty poorly you know, the whole PlayStation line. Yeah, it, uh, is it because possible? they won't be releasing anything current? Yeah, is, I mean, is it possible? Yes. Will it happen in the next decade? Absolutely not. At least from my vantage point. Um, yeah, I just I'm I I'm just, just wondering where they're going to go with this. I just I don't see them having a winning path with any of this. They no, just don't and have it's just, anything that attracts people. Yeah, it, p- precisely. Um, so that uh, Bloomberg had the article. We'll have the link to it here. Um, but very interesting to see how that is going. 
Um, and then thus far, just mentioning it quickly, Sony has spent over $1 billion to keep Bungie staff after its acquisition. So they are holding true on their claim to it, yeah. keep No jumping Bungie, ship, didn't fire anybody. Yep, keeping Bungie how it is, um, and they're moving forward with that. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that relationship uh, progresses. And that'll probably be in their Game Pass. I mean, you know, all these things they'll put some, but that's in every Game Pass. Oh, wow. What are you going to do, Brian? You're going to put Destiny (laughs) 2, the free-to-play game, in your Game Pass and charge me $16 a month? Wow. What what a steal. Yeah. I can't. I'm so so excited. Can't contain myself. I don't see the carrot. I don't see the (laughs) carrot of it, the thing that's going to make me be like, all right, I'll get that. Yes. I mean, you're talking about $16 a month is a large subscription. That is a very expensive subscription. What if they bundle it with a video streaming service? Because Sony has a large Sony Studios has a large set of films that they have access to. I'm just trying to think of what would sweeten the pot. What would make it anything that's worth buying for sixteen dollars, especially for a month for premium? When I can't think of games that I really want for that. Yeah, well, right it's now. interesting because as Paramount and all of these Paramount Plus and all of this other stuff, Sony doesn't have one of those. Um, you know, they don't have their own service. And you're right, Sony Pictures is is massive. So I, I don't know exactly. Maybe I, just, I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, maybe. Maybe, you know, if they're coming up with what are we going to do to get people to subscribe to this, yeah, maybe. bundle the syrup, make it like, because that's what Microsoft's well, maybe, doing. They're maybe just it's, making it to where so many things are good. Maybe it's Disney Plus, which gives you yeah. ESPN. There, there's uh, who the knows? Partner up, get it to where they don't feel like, because it, if it's only the games they're getting, I just can't imagine, unless they're doing something really cheap, but even if it's a four ninety nine service, most people feel like that's not even worth. It's not a four ninety nine. It's ten dollars minimum. Is the cheapest. I know. It, 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 yeah. So you're going to make a decision. All right, get Game Pass for about the same price, which has Game four pa- times, yeah. five times as much stuff, or go with this other one. And I get all the game streaming I want and all this other stuff. Yeah. Now I, mean, right I guess now, for no people, we'll, we'll see if they can turn it around. Yeah. I guess the only thing would be people that are fully entrenched in the Sony ecosystem. You win them over, but the goal is not to win over your own people. It's to dragon individuals from other sides of the uh, sphere yeah hey uh dr disrespect you want to talk about him for a minute we haven't talked yeah, about yeah, him for yeah, a little yeah, while yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had settled his lawsuit with twitch oh uh, because remember they yeah. pretty much canceled canceled his contract yeah fired uh they didn't say why but i i think i heard because i heard him talking about it and i heard some hints of why i think he was actually and I don't remember if we had mentioned this on the show, so I'll just kind of say what I heard. And this could be rumor, but this it seemed to match the situation uh, that he pretty much was trying to negotiate with them and kind of made up some facts, you know, as part of the negotiation. As far as you know, there were some things already in place. You just uh, bend the it, truth a little bit during a negotiation, Brian. I mean, it's not the. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but oh yeah, it was it was the what was the streaming service that Microsoft had that shut down? Um, what was the name of that thing? I don't. Is, is, Damn I, I it! It's a blue mixer. Wonderful mixer. Yes, I think what he had done is he said mixer has offered me this much to move there like a in the negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Mixer the next week announced that they were shutting down service. <laughs> which made them realize he was lying to them and so they canceled his contract or they may have offered was, him or they may have offered in that dollar amount many many months ago and then you know the the times changed yeah he's PH, still we over can on mention youtube. dr disrespect we just can't have him on the, on the show you know yeah so is he so he's still on youtube 
yeah, he's still on YouTube, still still doing everything. But he did say for his official announcements, I have resolved my legal dispute with Twitch. No party admits any wrong to any wrongdoing. So that was the end of it. So Pretty much walked away. But he he got that huge contract. He got a he got to walk away from that contract, and I think he still got all that money. So what they did is we'll continue, we'll pay you. So his payment is pretty much he got his contract and he got to sign with another place. Yeah. And making um, And he says in response to your questions, the doc will not return to Twitch. So the settlement did not is not bringing him back to the platform. Yeah, it's not helping him yeah. uh, get better feelings about them. Uh, and then Doctor Disrespect, he's going to be sell he's selling NFT beta beta access to his game. Oh, what a uh, of course that you know, doesn't exist. So the round of 10,000 founder access passes for $50 a piece is what he And sells. see, this is precisely the problem with NFTs. The technology yeah. is great. The potential is amazing. But Brian, this is a scam. You're yeah. paying $50 for an... You're, this is no different than a Kickstarter. This is no different than an Indiegogo. Yeah. You are paying... Yeah. You're making money off of something that doesn't exist. Correct. You are buying into something that doesn't exist, which is, by the way, I, and I will, I will note the whole gaming industry is always the one that is bitching and moaning about stop pre-ordering games and bam, bam, bam. And then yet Dr. Disrespect comes out with this 10,000 founders edition passes and this thing is going to sell out immediately. So the same people that are like, stop telling, stop encouraging game companies to do me, me are going to buy a, 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 a NFT for a game that's not even done. So no, PH well, says you pay for like access to, to the game. Yes, but the game's not ready. Why would you buy? There's we no have talked yet. about for years. Why are you buying access into something that's not done? Have we not learned our lesson? Or not even they don't even have a prototype for yet. But see, he play. puts it under the guise of it's an NFT, and now it brings NFTs into more of this bad publicity that it's a scam. So you're okay. Well, here, here's here, what if this game doesn't come out? So somebody, somebody listed a clip art rock NFT for one million dollars, and they but yeah. they put the wrong kind of ending on it, and so it sell it sold for uh, one cent. You know, so they feel like they lost out a million dollars, but the thing is not really worth anymore because it was just a picture, a clip art picture of a rock, and they put it on the marketplace for a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, there's that, NFTs. Yeah. Well, that, but that, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, now, that's a problem with I itself. Do, I do view NFTs as a cool thing if they use it as a way of kind of showing that you own something, right? Uh, as a proof of purchase. Now that's something I can get behind. Make an NFT a proof of purchase so that I can take my NFT and apply it to different places and play my purchase there. PH, Make that the NFT. PH says, I can look at your Steam library and find 100 early access games. It's no different really. I'm not arguing yeah. about early access. I'm arguing the point that they're using a buzzword. They're using an NFT, which is a hot thing right now, to sell something that isn't done. So not only... Is this not necessary because there's nothing in this that needs to, you could just charge or just do a pre-order. I mean, it's no different, but they're bringing in a hot button term right now, which is NFT, which, and in this case, it, from my vantage point, being an outsider in this, following it, but being an outsider um, kind of continues to play into the notion that this NFT thing is 
is this weird thing that is, is very scammy and, and everything of that nature. I'm not saying that it is a scam. I'm not saying his game is not going to come out, but it absolutely can set that, fr- it, you kind of get that vibe when you read it. So one thing, I, I just one thing I'm reading I don't about, see why I'm, he was doing. I'm reading this. about his NFT. I'm reading about how he's using NFTs in this. He says access passes because they're talking about access passes um, are released in limited series using environmentally friendly NFT technology and each with a unique theme. They will be sold for a fixed, affordable price based uh, price to approved applicants. Once you have an access pass, it's yours to do with what you wish. This means that you are granted the exclusive variant perks above for as long as you are a holder of the access pass. These perks extend to your role within the Midnight Society as well as our games. I kind of like the idea. Okay, I take that back. I kind of like the idea <laughs> the of it. Sent, the sentence didn't even leave your mouth and you already took it back. I know. But the problem is, okay, <laughs> the, I, see two, I see two sides of it. Let's put so it do way. I. So do um, I. I think it could be cool because this is something, it's like something you purchased, you invest in the game. Now, this is how I would like to see investments in a game where you purchase something that you can then purchase later that someone else can use. It'll have a limited amount of value because it's really just doing something in the game, you know, a feature. But, you know, it's something that you can, if you're no longer going to play the game anymore, you could sell it to someone who is still playing the game. So there will still be some sort of value. And if a whole bunch of people have these and they're selling them, the value of them will be low. It'll be a true market-based cost because they can resell. There's like a 30-day lockdown period, but then you can sell like the access passes, for instance. Yeah, I think that's an interesting concept. I think there's cool things that with NFTs they can do, but as I said, it needs to be more of a proof of purchase or give a perk that extends beyond 30 days. Give a perk and you know, it'd be valuable enough as long as you own that or have it, you know, you get some sort of a cool thing in game. I'd rather have them be visual and not actually impacting the game whatsoever because that's where kind of leaves the idea of being a perk and getting a play to win. I don't want that. Yeah, I, I I understand the premise. I I just don't understand why we would encourage this when we're we have talked about for literally the last seven years on this program about stopping get, stopping early access, stop encouraging developers, stop throwing copious amounts of money at them for a product that's not complete. That's part number one, and part number two is just seems a little bit like a grift right now. Yeah. That's just that's well, just because everybody's trying. Well, not I mean, the that's fact the that somebody problem. put a million dollar clip out rock. Okay, that shows that they're not at all serious about NFTs. They're hoping somebody clicks something and they become the news. You know, per, person purchases clip art rock for one million dollars and they want to be the recipients of that, right? Okay, the, that's the stuff they're going to have to figure out. That's got to go away and people got to start using it like money because people aren't, you know, they can put scams up there like that, but people need to realize. That rock is not worth a million dollars. Now, let's say you owned the right yeah, oh, to that bro, rock. And Brian, the Brian, the worth. Brian, worth is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, how about this? I have an idea. What if, uh, if that's kind of like purchasing stock in a game, right? You have the NFT. You own the NFT to an asset in the game, and people so use the NFT. Yes, you get paid. You per well, people playing the game, like it's a way that you can invest in a game, right? Because you you put some money in and you get something out of it. Now there would have to be limits to that because buying something once isn't an unlimited, you know, because like stocks. But I think you could give some perks like that to where you're incentivizing, uh, and it's and it is kind of an investment. I just think that there's so much mess currently. I think 
I, yeah, uh, and, and again, they have to figure out how these are used well. I'm not anti NFT. I'm not anti anything. But what I am anti absolutely is throwing fifty dollars for a game that we have seen nothing about except for a name and some potential perks. That's well, that's, as long as everybody's okay with, if nothing comes of it, right? Because see, that's, we saw that in Kickstarter. Look how many none came up. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I just. I. I have been. I've seen this too many times, and I've seen the same people that have bit that bitch about early access time and time again. Now all of a sudden, freaking out about this. It's it's amazing. Well, and I'm just going to give. There's we we're about out of time, but I've got a whole section on MTs. I'm just going to read you the titles because we don't need to go into them. Final Fantasy 14 won't have NF- NFTs. Um, Magic the Gathering NFTs project interrupted, you know, because of lawyers. Um, NFT marketplace halts transactions due to rampant counterfeiting. PUBG Studios is using NFTs in UGC-driven open metaverse. You know, so many are kind of getting to where they're figuring out people are scamming people with them. A lot of issues legally. What do you actually own? Uh, I, but I think that you will start having a couple companies come out and offering a common sense NFT that's not a million dollar piece of junk. That's more of a proof of purchase. Is a cool thing. Make it a limited edition. It's like buying a limited edition poster. If you want to buy that, go buy it. It's like a reprint, right? There's an original painting. They make reprints of those things. This is the equivalent of buying one of those to me. It's not the original painting. It's not worth the original painting, but you know what? It's a reprint. You can, you can look at it whenever you want. Yeah. I, I'm, place it I, with the same value. I'm completely open to the idea. I've yet to see how the technology is actually being used for a, a, a useful purpose. And in this case, I uh, I stand by this. I don't care what anybody says. I see what Doctor Disrespect is doing with this, calling it NFT is a grift. No, because it doesn't have to be done through an NFT. It, it is using the term to grift off of the NFT off of NFT. I, I don't see any other way. I yeah. don't see anything. else. And I'd like to see the legitimate uses. That's what I'm waiting for. Because right now I've seen so many illegitimate uses and things just kind of, you know, them saying they're going to do something and it's just, it's all talk. You know, the, people get buying all these JPEGs and stuff that really have zero value. Get to where you're starting to do legitimate things with them and show legitimate use cases. That's what I feel like they haven't shown. I haven't seen any legitimate use cases yet for NFTs. And that, I mean, that, that really note, feel like legitimate use. So. I would tend to agree in some respects. And on that note, Mr. Brian, where can people find you on the interweb? All right. If you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on uh, Gab, Parlor, Getter, all those other places, or uh, you can get my blog, uh, blog biteoftech.com. Uh, but of course, if you want to find anything about the show, I encourage you to go to infectionpodcast.com. And on the right-hand side, join our server on Discord where you can participate in ARC, participate in politics. Uh, talks you want to submit a news topic you think we should cover next week jump on there it's free to use they've got a web-based desktop app mobile app uh, and works pretty well if you want to uh if you want to listen to the show we've got all the different ways to do that through twitch youtube issue and live but we also have um audio only at the lower right hand side and those are after the fact so if you want to watch go to video and you can do that during the show if you want to listen once we've finished the show you can go and listen to that particular episode and follow along with the uh, show notes, which we'll have for every episode up until this point. And if you click on a particular episode, you can look at the, the links. We've got video links, uh, articles, sources for some of the things that we're talking about. And you're more than welcome to jump in there and follow along as you listen. Uh, if you want to support us, we've got the support tab up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support, Prime Gaming Subs, Hubble Bundle, 
subscribe star. A lot of ways that you can do that. Just uh, check out that page and, and you'll be able to see those and appreciate everybody that has supported the show. So thank you very much. All righty, Brian, thank you very much for uh, being flexible on the uh, schedule and we will be back uh, at a regular scheduled time and place next Tuesday, which is uh, March the 22nd for uh, another episode of Infection. So, uh, Brian, thanks as always, and we'll see you next week. All right. Yep. See you then. All righty, folks. Again, uh, thanks for joining us on this special Wednesday edition. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on various social media platforms at uh, by visiting nickcraig.com or nickcraig.net. If you missed any portion of this show, you can head on over to our website and check out our show notes on infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.